one. And we are recording with Miss Claire Lopez and her fantastically patriotic shirt and me. What a surprise being 30 minutes late again. I don't even know why I aim for 2 p.m. anymore. I don't think I should start aiming for 2.30 because then it'll be three. Maybe I just <laughs> maybe this is just my this is my some people have like a, a birthmark. Maybe I just show up 30 minutes late. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But aside from that, it's okay. It works. Yeah. Yeah. So episode 923, Thursday, September 22nd, 2022 at 2.38 p.m. Eastern. I wanted to do 922 today because then it would be 922 on 922 of 2022. But I'm an idiot and I messed it up. None of this is important. Miss Claire Lopez. So one thing I kind of want to touch on is that uh, that guy killing the that teenager with a truck and then oh. not really to brush that off, but. I really want to talk about, uh, especially you, you know, being a former uh, 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 CIA employee, talk about Russia's mobilization and what that means. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Yeah. So not to not to shove you an agenda. um, Do you think that. Was that and no way am I trying to write it off? Was that a lone nut job? Was that just was that just someone who. Because. I have seen a lot of people saying like like that was disgusting. That was including like my far left like communist friends or like that was dis- it was it was a robbery of a life. It was an eighteen year old kid. Yeah. Is it hype? Hi- is it hyperbole to say that uh, Biden's strong Reichsleiter speech last week or two whatever it was induced that? Or as bad as that speech was and as bad as that murder was, is it exaggerating to connect the two? Well, you know, we really have no way of knowing. Yeah. Um, obviously, somebody who does something like that is, uh, you know, not 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 on an even keel. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, but you know, whether they took inspiration from the president's speech or not, impossible to say. It was horrific. It was it was uh, you know a, a horrific um, act of I think we'd have to say premeditated murder. Um, you know, whether the, the, that person is mentally competent to stand trial, et cetera, et cetera, yet to be determined, uh, the excuses that he spewed out that, you know, this, this young teenage kid, you know, was some kind of a right, uh, leaning, uh, maybe a MAGA patriot, um, you know, speaks to his derangement, you know, his, his destabilization of mentally, but, uh, you know, whether that had anything to do with the president's speech, I, I certainly can't say. Yeah. Uh, I do hope, really hope that it's a one-off. I really do. Yeah. And it's me being the for the eternal devil's advocate that I am. I'm always going to just play opposite sides for my own mental growth and exercise. Yeah. I mean, I think that in all of my expertise as a biology major, I think the distance between the two was too much 
it does seem i don't mean geographically i mean chronologically even just a couple weeks if it's a speech and it's it happens that night i could see that but unfortunately i mean we are a nation of what 350 million documented people probably closer to like 400 million there are 400 million people here this does happen unfortunately like it does you know it does happen it, it there are not only mentally deranged people there are also very hateful people i mean i don't know what was it 10 years ago dylan roof right walking into that church of all black like this does happen and i'm not a psychologist you're not a psychologist i don't think we can necessarily objectively say it was one of the other it's just something that popped into my head that i'm looking at it and mm-hmm. well I, I mean you know all of that said you know certainly the president's speech uh, that night in, in front of Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um, was, was one of the most aggressive, um, I mean, what can you say, uh, violent speeches ever heard from a U.S. president yeah. in, fl- in front of that blood red lighting backdrop and yeah. those poor Marines, you know, yeah. under orders, no doubt, but standing yeah. back there like a couple of a couple of nutcrackers yeah um <laughs> yeah unfortunately i mean not not they were obeying orders they're not oh, sure else. yeah they're they're not to blame it's 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 they were they were ordered to do that yeah they're... um but but the speech itself you know was was so uh filled with invective and animosity towards at least half of americans now i don't know that we have 400 million last count i heard was about 330 million uh, maybe some few more, well, a couple million more over the border since then. We'll They're not it, Americans, yeah, we'll but three, here, four, physically three, four, present whatever. anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, but in any case, uh, you know, vilifying and, and uh, you know, uh, alienating at least half of whatever the number is of all Americans uh, in that speech by President Biden was despicable. Yeah. Um, whom it may have influenced in one way or another, uh, in a negative way, uh, I don't know. But I think that the speech did uh, animate a lot of people in a positive way to open their eyes and realize what the agenda is of this president to the extent that he sets his agenda, that is, uh, and his administration. Uh, And I think that it will animate people, um, you know, to motivate people to, uh, you know, get out and vote in the midterms. And that coming up, of course, congressional uh, elections in November of this year, 2022, and um, likely will not go well for those um, in the president's party. Yeah. Um, and then not to like, abruptly shift, but again, today is September 22nd, 2022 for future listeners to look back on. Um, again, I'm very, my knowledge is mostly just parroting what guests say and audiobooks say. So, I, you know, I have no knowledge on this. I've never worked in an intelligence agency. A surprise to many, but I indeed am not a 20-year veteran of the CIA. Um, I always thought that from February forward, I thought that Putin's uh, special military operation, quote-unquote, was – I never, never really looked further into it. I thought it was kind of similar to, like, how the United States hasn't technically declared war since, like, 1941 or 42 but we've still been in war. So it's a semantic game. And then I've seen people a little more well-read into including, you know, veterans that I've had on here uh, say that the mobilization 
this is very different is it's not is it's not just changing of word like if if halfway through the Iraq war we changed it to this is the Iraq war instead of you know operation Iraqi freedom or nation building I think most of it would be a headline for a couple days and then whatever is that what this is or is this more of a a cornered animal and they're going to rev up the entire, right? Pulling up 300,000 conscripts, banning flights out of Russia for men 18 to 60. Well, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's not that they are um, going to conscript <clears throat> Russians, excuse me. Sorry, yeah. Uh, what they're doing is calling reservists. up reservists. Yeah, sorry. Um, who are not trained, may never be trained adequately before they're thrown into the front lines in Ukraine. Um, and Putin is playing a kind of a balancing game. Yes, semantics, it's been called the invasion of, of, of Ukraine by Russia has been called a special military operation, uh, you know, not a, uh, an unprovoked war of aggression, which is what it is. Yeah. Um, but he's playing a balancing game at home because um, even though he has control of all the media, print media, radio, TV, and, and social media, families uh with young uh soldiers in 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 their families they know what's happening when the body bags come home and this is of course now reaching uh we are told a casualty uh figure of something like uh as as accurate as it may or may not be but what i've heard uh something like 80,000 troops combined killed and injured in Ukraine, 80,000, okay? That's at least um, 80,000 families. I mean, I, I hope it's not fewer. Yeah. Um, but but what I, the reason I said that I don't want any family to have, to have multiple, multiple yeah. casualties, you know what I mean? Um, but but the, the population in Russia is already protesting. I mean, there have already been protests in Moscow and in other cities against the war, harshly cracked down on, of course, and uh, the protesters, you know, hauled off to to the gulag, I suppose. Um, but but there is also, you know, a balancing game to be played among Putin's own inner circle. Now I don't know how many people have been noticing how many of some of the top people in that inner circle uh, for for Putin have died mysterious deaths in recent weeks and months wait really yeah like jumping out of windows like they just jumped out of a window um and and these are these are high-ranking people if i recall um that one was the ceo of luke oil one oh. of the massive oil companies in russia if i remember that right oh wow uh so he's playing this balancing game uh to to maintain um, you know, some semblance of uh, stability at home uh, among the population, as well as among his own inner circle that basically keep him in power. Um, now, it, it, I don't think this means that he's headed for a coup d'etat or anything like that. <laughs> but but uh, Putin definitely is facing a deteriorating situation in Ukraine. None of his early plans for that invasion uh, have worked out. Uh, he did not decapitate the government of Ukraine in the early uh, days of the invasion. He did not take Kiev 
the capital city, uh, and even now enormous expanses that he did take in the Donbass, in particular in Luhansk Oblast in the north, um, around Kharkiv, uh, but also in the south, in uh, Kherson Oblast, um, he's lost. He's lost something, I, I mean, I've seen various numbers, but two or 3,000 square kilometers of Ukrainian land has been liberated by the Ukrainian counteroffensive that began, I think, just about a week ago or so. They have, I mean, with a lot of Western help, I mean, uh, this, this, this is paying off. Uh, the NATO help, Western European help, United States help, Elon Musk help. I think we've talked about the communications mm -hmm. at some point here. So all of that is paying off in addition to the absolute, I mean, I've never in my lifetime at least seen anything like this, the fighting spirit of the Ukrainian people to, to live free, to live free of, of domination, to live free of occupation, of invasion. Um, put all, all that together though, um, this really has rocked Putin's world. Um, and he has to figure out what to do now. So he did call for a, um, a call up of reservists is what it is. It's, it's not conscription of non-military at this point. Uh, it's, it's a call up from reservists. And you may have also seen these stories real quick. The last point here um, that, that uh, air, airline flights out of Russia are packed. Yeah. I mean, everybody that could be called up is heading for the exits if they can possibly do it and afford the, the airfare. Um, and uh, so, you know, uh, he, he, he's got a lot to handle right now, Putin does. Inner circle, Russian population, families losing loved ones in, in, in this war that they don't support, um, despite, you know, all of the control that the, the regime in Moscow has over the, um, the, uh, the media that, that the people see, uh, and those who can heading for the exit. So, you know, put all that together. And uh, it looks to me like this war has turned a corner. Yeah. And isn't, isn't there a country I think I saw yesterday about, yeah. And I, and I, and I messed up that wording, not conscription, pulling up reserves. That was my uh -huh. bad. Um, and isn't there another country that's still open? Like there's still an interstate open. Like it's still like, I guess a not a land bridge because it's not a bridge, but there's still a land path open. I think I saw yesterday and it's only going to be open for so many more hours. And there's like a 70 mile traffic jam of people leaving. You mean to get out of Russia? Yes. I didn't see that. Turkey, so I, I'm not Armenia, sure about that. No. I, I don't, I just, I'm really showcasing my lack of geography knowledge. It's one of them. Um, so, and uh, I don't, Although it is common towards the end of you know an empire for officials to commit suicide, I also don't see that happening here. Right? I mean, no, you see, no. you see it in the Fuhrer bunker. You see, you see Goring or Himmler. Well, or I whoever. mean, but you see, that was a case. That's when, different. That's you know the Allied forces were actually in Germany, in, in, in you know, closing in on the final, um, literally in, Ber the conquest in Berlin, of, of Berlin, yeah. the capital itself. Yeah. You know, nobody's invaded Russia. Yeah. You know the Russian um uh state the the russian territory is not in any you know a kind kind of threat whatsoever under any kind of threat whatsoever yeah uh, what 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 putin is losing right now is a war of aggression against a neighboring country 
and he's being pushed out. But I don't see any uh, widespread or serious, um, significant um, military strikes against Russian territory itself. That's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, was, I was walking that out to say that, like, there is it has happened. Right. It has happened. It's, you know, I forget who the top guy. Who was who was it? Who's the guy that his wife's name was was Magda? Was it Himmler or not Himmler? Himmler had a little mustache and he committed suicide with the cyanide pill. Uh, now I'm just trying to. Um, who is his who is his like top secretary? He's like not Goebbels, not Himmler. Uh, not sure who you're thinking about. He committed um, suicide. He, his wife, and he they gave cyanide to the six kids while they were sleeping. Ma- his wife's name was Magda. Not important. The, the, the very but top in any of the case, no, I don't see that happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The very top no. true believers no. in the but that's very separate. I was just saying that yeah. to my own OCD. But you know, mind. even even in the history of Russia itself or Soviet Union back then, um, there have been you know leadership figures that have been pushed out. You uh-huh. might say, you know, for example, after the death of Stalin in 1953, uh, when um, uh, Khrushchev and Malenkov, in particular, kind of well, not kind of, they, they pushed Beria out and others. Uh, he was eventually executed. Um, but, you know, even later on when Khrushchev himself was shoved out, uh, later than that, even, you know, Gorbachev uh, was threatened um, when he, uh, well, Yel- take Yeltsin first, first Yeltsin, supplanted by Gorbachev, then Gorbachev himself under threat, but he, he, he persevered. Uh, even when these kinds of events have happened, um, it hasn't been that the the incumbent, let's put it that way, you know, has committed suicide or or been, uh, you know, taken out physically. That that that's not how it's happened, at least historically in Soviet Union and Russia. And I don't expect that to happen in Russia now with Putin either. But I don't discount the possibility, at least, that he could be kind of shoved to the side, go, you know, to a nice dacha. I guess that won't be in the Black Sea anymore, but go find a dacha someplace, you know, and and retire, um, live out your years. That could happen. I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. Um, But at the moment, uh, things are just beginning to turn that corner I mentioned a bit ago. So got a long ways to go. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to eat up my mind until I think of the name. So I'm just not going to even worry about it. Okay. <laughs> I, I've gotten better about not going down terrible rabbit holes as the podcast goes on, but apparently I still have old habits. The point is, I don't think that's what these suicides are, which means that Putin, through fear, through loyalty, does have an inner circle, at least of wet work operators who are knocking off these people, which means there is still a, a cohort, mm. at least in appearance, so. that, yeah. that they will they will go. For, and it's not because, you know, they're being invaded in the, you know, the the ironically the russians are closing in on the berlin chancellery it's no it's different so he does still have a cohort of people that through you know through i guess in russian style it's through force not loyalty he doesn't seem like he's if he's willing to do this he doesn't seem like he's gonna stop no more and more seems like it's less pearl clutching and oh my god to say I don't I genuinely don't think and maybe he's just pulling off the madman theory perfectly. I don't I don't think he's like not thinking about 
using a tactical nuke, even if it's just one or five kilotons. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing that. That would be such um, a uh, an escalation. But it, um, could be you, wrong. Um, he's this you old. Know, uh, that there are also, you know, these hyper. What do they call them? Hyperbaric weapons that hyperbaric uh, uh the yeah but really those aren't new fuel air bombs those aren't really they're gross um, and they're disgusting but they're not they're not new right but that the introduction or the use of them thermobaric i would thermobaric that's yeah, what i meant yeah, to yeah. say hypersonic yeah, and then there's thermobaric per, yeah thermobaric <laughs> um you know i i i wouldn't necessarily rule that out but i i don't see him going nuclear i know people are worried about that i know he himself um, in a speech just in the last, uh, I guess, few days or so, um, intimated that uh, Russia would not hesitate to go nuclear. But yeah. that was in the context of if Russia was invaded, Russian gotcha. land itself were to be threatened and invaded. Um, it wasn't about using them in Ukraine. You got to keep yeah. that straight. So, gotcha. Um, gotcha. This is. I, I, I think he's going to keep slogging through. But at some point, the cost in body bags coming home and injured, I think that may overwhelm uh, the, the original mission yeah. to, to seize Ukraine for Russia. Just like when I have on like Dr. Malone and he's going off on some sub proteinaceous structure of a cell and I'm just nodding, trying to keep up like <laughs> I took by I know proteins. It's the same thing with you. And I'm clearly going from like a vague passing glance at a headline two days ago while scrolling through twitter versus your analytical skills and you can you can see the 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 vast chasm but um so what does this then so realistically what does this then turn into right so so we've done things you know we're obviously supplying them with weapons we're we're you know we're not going to give you long-range weapons and then we give them long-range weapons several months ago general nakasone came out and said the nsa is working from ukraine with I don't think he needs to work from Ukraine because cyber can kind of be anywhere in the world. Said so we're doing offensive operations against Russia. Does this, are we maybe at sort of like a, a clashing point and it's going to be this sort of tug of war? Could this draw out just be a, almost like a Vietnam-esque where we're for the first time we're not involved. We're just actually supplying instead of throwing our troops in. Do you see that? Or does well, this end I, I in don't, a I don't think, you know, at all that the United States is No, 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 not us. You know, in terms US of the timeline, the and neither will NATO. In terms of the um, timeline, do we see this? But yeah, into I mean, Vietnam? it has been a slugfest of attrition. I would say for at least the last few months, uh, we're here now in late uh, September, 2022. Through the summer, it, it's been a slugfest of attrition. Um, but because the West and NATO, at least up until now, and we, the United States, you know, have been steadily. Uh, even if inadequately, um, you know, resupplying Ukraine with with the weaponry and the ammunition and the materiel and other things that it needs, uh, Ukraine has been able, with its tremendous fighting spirit, to turn the corner. I think um, that that phase of of slugfest attrition, I think that may be headed for the rearview mirror as the corner is turned. And as the Ukrainians um, are continuing to advance, uh, in some places in the Donbass, I'm, I'm reading, reporting that that advance is almost actually to the Russian border itself. Now, they're not going to cross that border, but they are going to shove the, the, uh, the Russian 
forces out and over that border back home where they belong. Um, the momentum is clearly with Ukraine now. And I, I don't see how Russia can gain it back given its diplomatic isolation, its economic devastation, um, its military collapse. I don't see that Russia can regain the initiative um, even with a call up of, of reserve troops uh, or, um, and I'm not sure that, that Putin can see his way how to do that either. And I, I'm really not expecting a nuclear tactical nuke or anything else. Yeah. Um, this, this could, this could precipitate, um, a, a, a more complete collapse uh, and a quicker collapse maybe of the Russian forces in Ukraine on Ukrainian territory, uh, than, than any of us might have anticipated. So, uh, I, I think the pace is picked up. I guess maybe that's what I'm saying now. The pace of the war is picked up. But the momentum is with the Ukrainians, not with the Russians anymore. Gotcha. Um, yeah. There's also precedence of when a leader really kind of starts seeing red, that they don't know. There's like a weird bell curve of of people being galvanized behind them. You know, it's always a wartime president, right? You know, Bush standing on the World Trade Center rumble, FDR, uh, you know, after Pearl Harbor. But then there's, it seems like there is this moment where, I mean, Hitler's very last thing, the Nero decree, he did, you know, on like two days before he died, he was like, burn down your homes, blow up the bridges, cut down telephone wires, and like break all the glass. So like all the elements are exposed to the, like the, all the buildings are exposed to the elements, and then like hurl yourself in front of tanks. And there was this moment where people went, no, like, dude, it's over. I think if anything, it's not that he's not willing, again, in all my expertise, I don't think that he is not willing to do that. It does seem historically that when the game gets so down to the final seconds and someone has lost themselves, that the almost the military command won't, won't do that. I, I don't, I don't know. It does seem weird though. Like Putin's not a stupid guy. He's evil, but he's not a stupid guy. Xi Jinping's evil. He's not a stupid guy. I don't like Biden, but he's not stupid. Or I think his brain's gone, but I think well... I don't think he was stupid. <laughs> I don't think he was. You don't think he was. Point is, he knows we're supplying them to no end. He knows that all the American people will do is send a couple mean tweets, but the reality is, is none of us are going to do anything. And I'm not calling for violence to anyone watching this, but he knows no, no one's going to really do it. We go, ah, oh, they sent $100 billion to Ukraine, and then you... You retweet a meme and you go play Xbox. So he knows that we're not going to stop sending weapons. So he is effectively at for at war with the military industrial complex supplying capability. We may not be using well, B2 but, spirit. But, but, but... He, here's, here's the other element. Um, and it's not just for the United States. Um, I'm looking at Western Europe. Okay. And what Putin has done combined with sanctions against Russia uh, is shut off the flow of energy and yeah. in particular natural gas as oh, the winter is approaching. That's, okay, that's what Putin is doing by way of revenge. That's a good point. Now, what's happening uh, in, in Europe is that leaderships <laughs> are, are uh, reopening or trying to, uh, intending to open, reopen nuclear power plants. 
um, and they are going back to coal, but, but, but it's green coal. Okay. So it's okay. It's green oh, coal. Okay. Noted. Um, it's going to take a lot longer for Europe uh, than a few months to, to reorient its uh, supply chain of natural gas from other sources. In particular, I think we've talked about this before, uh, from the Mediterranean, from Israeli gas fields, for example. Um, this is doable. It's, I think it's going to be done. Uh, but, you know, transporting, recovering, transporting, laying pipeline um, uh, from, from those new fields in the Mediterranean on up to Europe, it's going to take a while and a lot of money. But I think they're going to have to do it. And I think the European uh, governments now realize that they're going to have to do it, that laughing at President Trump at the United Nations a couple of years ago uh, was not such a smart way to deal with their energy needs. Um, but this winter could be really tough uh, for, for Europe, which lies, I mean, latitude, you, you look quite a bit to the north of most of uh, the United States. I mean, Rome, think about it geographically this way. Rome is approximately on the same latitude, uh, I think it is as Washington, DC. Everything else is north of that in Europe, way north. Um, so the other part of that, though, is how much will the populations of these Western Europeans, Western European countries tolerate? And we've already seen, you know, demonstrations in the streets, Czech Republic for one and others as well, protesting their government's policies um, because uh, they don't want to suffer the consequences of the, um, the sanctions against import of Russian energy. Uh, they want, you know, heat in their homes this winter. Um, so th those are a couple things to factor in there. The governments of Western Europe, of NATO, uh, and the populations of those countries. I think the United States could really step into the breach here uh, in a much bigger way than we already are as regards energy to help out our European friends and allies. Um, but whether this administration, the Biden administration, would be willing to do that, I don't know. Uh, I'm not so sure. That's what they should do. Uh, but will they do that? I, I don't know. They're, they're shutting down. I mean, they're, they're, um, the last I heard is the Biden administration is um, refusing uh, lease requests for new drilling. Um, they're, they're shutting things down. They're not ramping up, which is what they ought to be even as they're draining our strategic national oil reserve in advance of the November elections to bring our gas prices at the pump down temporarily, because that's all it's gonna be, depleting our national reserve in the doing. Just, I, I suppose, kind of a, a kill two birds with one stone kind of a ploy by the Biden administration, um, you know, give Americans lower gas prices leading up to November elections and at the same time, uh, debilitate any uh, American energy uh, independence that we could possibly have, including the strategic reserve. I mean, it's traitorous. I mean, there's just no other word for it. It's treason. I mean, we're both we're both conservative people. We both like Trump. You know, I think you and I are pretty much on the same page with most things, which is great. We get along well, but it also means that, you know, just like two people on the opposite opposite sides of the aisle as much as they try, will never, there's always going to be some, you know, 
agreeing. We're all in this agreement. You know, we're, you know, we know what's right. That being said, I mean, is it, am, am I, am I as, as wacky? And I'm not, you know, and obviously I'm, I'm asking you a fellow conservative Trump supporter. So it's going to be hard for us to look at this objectively. Am I just the crazy girl with blue hair screaming Trump is Hitler when I say not calling Biden Hitler, but in the same way that that is you don't have to like Trump. There's there's plenty of fair criticism, but he's not Hitler. Obama wasn't Hitler. Bush wasn't Hitler. You don't have to like him, but they're not Hitler. Reagan wasn't the devil. But. I mean, objectively, just remove names and just look at what's going on. It can be President Bob. Is this an engineered destruction of the United States or is this just true believers in thinking that like we got to go green, we got to save the world, America's the great Satan? Or is this, I mean, is this really a treasonous act? It's both, honestly, is what I think. Um, at, at certain levels of, of the senior ranks of this administration, it absolutely is um, a, a purposeful um, destruction of America, um, bringing America down, uh, absolutely um, uh, intentional. Uh, remember how badly infiltrated this administration and the upper ranks, the deep state ranks of the U.S. government are uh, by Chinese Communist Party, by Marxists, um, other Marxists, by, um, you know, uh, those who, who would see American destroy, America destroyed. But then there also are a lot of these, you know, true believers um, in a green future, air quotes, of course, um, who really and truly think that we, you know, have to transition uh, away from fossil fuels and to, you know, a windmill in every backyard. <clears throat> um, you know, their elevators don't go all the way up, obviously, but this is this is what they think. And they are the true believers. But uh, they're the ones who, who support and vote for, for these uh, regime uh, leadership figures in the Biden administration who make that policy. So it's both. But they, it's symbiotic, I guess maybe I'd say. Then, like, we really need to walk this out then. So are they they're complicit with uh, hypothetically, let's walk this out. They are complicit with China. Mm-hmm. This is, they're bought these, and paid for by China, literally. They are actively destroying, so it's an active war, mm-hmm. no different than 9-11 or Pearl Harbor or the War of 1812 or the USS Maine or whatever whatever you want, the Zimmerman telegram. Was that the World War One one? Um, that would then mean that everything they're doing is is an act of, of pro-China, anti-America. Wouldn't that, would that also mean that I mean, I get it. I mean, look at, okay, destroy the borders. Yeah, destabilize it. Destroy the value of the dollar. Energy independence gone. Vaccinate everyone in the military. Give them myocarditis. A terrible withdrawal from the Middle East. Wouldn't we then have to walk that out and say, China wants Ukraine funded? If all of these things are pro, pro-China, pro we'd have to walk that out and say that this is also a Chinese ploy, wouldn't we? I, I don't think I'm following there. If, if um, everything the China Biden administration is... is doing is traitorous, wouldn't we also have to say if everything they're doing is pro-China in mind, that would well, have to include... Everything they're doing is not pro-China. No, no. Okay. Um, I will say that as regards policy towards the People's Republic of China in those areas that specifically involve China, 
um, like trade and commerce and uh, refusal to call out Xi Jinping for the fentanyl flooding across sure. our southern border, for example. Uh, policies in terms of legislation, like sanctions um, and, and you know things like that. Um, in, in those areas, yes, um, senior leadership figures in industry, Wall Street, obviously, uh, the government, even Congress um, are acting, and, and certainly, you know, at, at the top levels of this administration are acting, um, you know, in concert with, with what the CCP wants to see happen. Um, but that doesn't mean everything is, is that way. Uh, and, and Ukraine, obviously, is, is a different story. I mean, I, I've been actually kind of pleasantly surprised, um, you know, that this administration has stood up, you know, for, for the Ukrainian people and their right to live free of invasion and aggression. Uh, that, that is a positive thing. And I, I'm not going to criticize that sure. just because they're so wrong in so many other areas. But uh, I, I would also add that there are multiple motivations going on here. Sure. So some, some motivations are just, you know, purely greed, avarice. Um, you know, bought and paid for. Laundering. Yeah. Um, other motivations, um, you know, may have to do more with uh, power, uh, localized. I mean, governors or you know, local legislative uh, or, or local 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 official figures in our in our uh, states, you know, grabbing, grasping for power. Um, so there, there's there's that um, hubris, arrogance. There, there are many motivations going on here with the different categories, I guess you might say, of, of those involved in catering to the CCP. And again, I, I, I would really recommend Peter Schweitzer's uh, most recent book, Red Handed. Um, that, that's very uh, eye-opening, I think, and, and very well written in a way that's easy to read and understand and, and, uh, and categorize because he's got chapters that are um, divided into uh, areas of um i've i've made a note of that book before yeah, i'm reaching i'm reaching for the book here um because the chapters as i said they're divided into um you know areas uh sectors of our society um let me just open it up real quick here so you've got um you've got the bidens a chapter of their own capitol hill silicon valley wall street diplomats higher education uh, and some others. So it, it makes for very clear uh, reading and understanding of, you know, uh, how and why uh, each of these has been, you know, penetrated and co-opted by the CCP. But uh, no, not every single policy, gotcha. um, you know, falls into that same basket. No. I got you. I, and I, th I think you know me well enough. This isn't me trying to put you on the hot seat or this is me thinking this is watch an episode long enough and I will make and defeat my own points seven times over. So that that's, I don't want it to come across as like, well, Claire, what about, no, this is just me walking no, I out. I, okay. I use these podcasts as like live therapy. I just talk out loud. And I, <laughs> I've made a note of that. I never book thought before. of myself as a psychologist, but oh, um, well, okay. That's, that's how I get free healthcare. You know, this podcast does make money and that I get free therapy every day from people who have no idea they're even my therapist. It's top, right. top All quality right. therapy. It works. Um, and I, may, I was making a note of that book because I've I've heard you call say that name before and I've made a note of it and clearly have not reached out to him. So I'm going to do that. Um, to go back like another week or two weeks or whenever it was, the, the days blur together. Um, 
was it another Biden gaffe saying that U.S. men and women will defend the shores of Taiwan? I don't know if that's an exact quote. Yeah, uh, I remember the quote that you're talking about, and uh, it was during uh, an interview with um, 60 Minutes, I believe, from oh, about that, oh, yeah, that, yeah. a week ago or so. Um, and I don't think it was a gaffe so much as um, what what Biden really thinks just kind of pops out of his mouth sometimes um, without syncing it up with declared official White House policy, thinking about that before he speaks. So um, it is and remains U.S. policy uh, that we have a policy of um, a strategic ambiguity, as they call it, regarding Taiwan. And that means uh, that we, under the Taiwan Relations Act, provide Taiwan uh, with all of the defensive needs uh, that they have to defend themselves against aggression, against invasion, against um, a move by, by the, uh, the Chinese to, to invade or take them over. Uh, but we have, and we also, by the way, do have rotating teams of National Guard troops mm -hmm. uh, in Taiwan training up their forces. Uh, but there is no U.S. policy uh, to throw U.S. troops, Air Force, Army, Navy, Marines, anything, um, uh, into Taiwan to defend it uh, in the case of an invasion, an attack, an assault by, by, by China. Uh, but what we do have, and I heard this just stated um, in an interview, and I'm forgetting exactly who it was, but a senior U.S. Uh, serving a naval officer, um, and, and forgive me, I forget who it was, but uh, in, in just the last day or two, um, replied to, I guess it was a reporter's question, um, something about if, if uh, you know, Beijing were to try to seriously blockade Taiwan, and we've talked about how Taiwan needs about 100% of its fuel imported and a great big percentage of its food imported too. But, it, but, but if, if China were to throw up a, a blockade around Taiwan, as it seemed to be practicing at least in the wake of uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taipei uh, just some weeks ago, but if they were to do that in earnest to cut the island off, this senior U.S. naval official um, basically stated that the U.S. Navy uh, would not, not, he wasn't saying to attack or confront militarily the Chinese naval forces, but that we would come to the aid of Taiwan to get them the life saving. I mean, the, the absolutely, you know, necessary um, uh, food and fuel that, that they need to survive. So uh, it, it, it's kind of, um, you know, walking fine lines here is, is, is sure. what all these officials are doing, except Biden, who just kind of spews sometimes. You know, there might, I might have to give credit where, where credit's due. Um, Trump was a madman, which is what I love about him. Under Nixon, uh, Kissinger had a plan. I think the I think the codename was furtherance, but it was the idea to make Nixon seem insane to the Soviets and the Chinese. And so what we did is we'd have like over unencrypted comms 
they would talk about they would stage conversations between Kissinger and McNamara mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. um uh Lemnitzer Lemnitzer the head of the Joint Chiefs at the time about how they were that Nixon was a rabid dog they can't keep him on a leash and they're all praying every night that he doesn't use the H bomb because he's so sick of Vietnam in the hopes that the Russians would figure that out and go yeah. they're not even bluffing this is internal talking yeah. And then they all well, they all like clinked glasses and cheered that yeah, that didn't really yeah. work. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't think Trump is or was a madman at all. Uh, I do remember back uh, in the 1980s how Reagan, President Ronald Reagan, was called a cowboy mm-hmm. uh, in a derogatory sense. Uh, but I learned something from an old mentor of mine, a brilliant professor named Lou Barris, who taught for many, many years at Purdue University. Um, And he wrote columns uh, back in the day, and and I learned from those, um, that sometimes it's to the advantage um, of an administration, a country, a a country's leadership, to project an image of irrationality. Now, if the definition of rationality at the national level means putting the survival of the people and the nation above all other values, then irrationality would be uh, not letting those values be paramount, but letting other values uh, supersede them. For example, uh, the Iranian regime. And when Khomeini might remember way back when said something to the effect of let this land burn, let this land go up in flames, I say, as long as Islam triumphs in the world, that kind of irrationality, <laughs> which I don't think was feigned on the part of Khomeini or the Iranian regime at all, but that 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 kind of a um, a projection, uh, even a policy, um, can be useful sometimes. And I think Reagan used it to great effect. Perhaps Trump has taken a page out of Reagan's book in in this sense that uh, not not that you're uh, truly irrational or even feigning real irrationality, uh, but that you keep the other guy um, off balance about what you might do. And, and to, 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 to some extent, yeah, uh, you, you can never be sure, you know, yeah. could he just pop off? Just, yeah, just, um, just you know, that. so that, that can be a very um, actual um, rational Tactical strategic advantage. ploy uh to 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 keep uh you know the, the the bad guys off balance yeah yeah so that's what when i, when I said trump is a madman i i'm talking about the like the actual yeah qu- like capital m capital m madman theory i wasn't saying that as a negative i was saying like you don't know okay. where he's going mm-hmm. it's, it's a mm-hmm. he's scrambling right it's like michael vick the quarterback for the falcons back in the early 2000s he was wild. He did nothing. I don't know anything about football, but he did nothing conventional. He didn't protect the ball. He would just he would just run around back and he'd run like 50 yards in one play without even ever. It was just nuts. But he was he was so fun to watch and you couldn't predict what to do against him. Now, with Nixon, I don't think Nixon was, but they had. I mean, it is the classified that the furtherance mm-hmm. program where they were like, let's feign irrationality. Reagan did that. That's what I mean is like. I now I I actually don't think Biden's faculties are there, and I'm not trying to be funny or make a meme. I actually just don't think his faculties are there. But there are people behind him that might very well be, and I'm just trying to like think of this as an idea. They might be saying, "Hey, let the gas flow," like they might be saying, 
Let him say we might, you know, invade Taiwan or, or not invade Taiwan, send men and women to Taiwan. That's well, not out of the realm of they, possibility. They do seem to go to panic stations rather quickly. Right after. Uh, right after uh, Biden speaks anywhere and, 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 and you know, says something like this. Uh, it seems to be a, a rather mad scramble to walk stuff back. But if so even I'm you and I. I'm not sure that yeah. they're all that sanguine about his. Um, you know, ad hoc pronouncements sometimes. Yeah, well, it's like that that theorem. It's not like not not Occam's razor, but it's like don't attribute to malice what can be attributed to incompetence. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to be attributing intelligence to something that might have been a mistake. I've had people say like, "Dude, I watched this podcast, and when you finished it with that line, that was brilliant." And I'm like, "I didn't mean to do that, but like, thank you." You know, they make they think I'm like planning this out. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So, I, and who knows? Maybe it really is. That being said, if you and I are sitting here and having to go, is that a gaff or is that real? That's an effective madman. That's a fog of war. Yeah, are... but I truly, I do not sure. think that this is a strategy sure. of whomever it is that's running the junta yeah. uh, that runs America. It's not It's not Biden and, and Harris, obviously. It's a, fun, it's a junta. It's a fun time. Um, and I don't think that's their intentional policy. <laughs> and, and the reason I think that is because they scramble so... Yeah. Uh, frantically, you know, after a, a Biden statement to walk it back, clean it up, clarify. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's, I, I do think that's why they try to limit his public exposure, if you will. That that interview yeah. on 60 Minutes was the first one, one-on-one with a journalist in, I forget how yeah. many months. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not rising anymore. And the guy's looking at it, I'm like, but it's still 8%. Um yeah, you're probably right, but it's it's a fun idea to think about. Um, lastly, because I know we got to wrap this one up, um, is there you know give credit where credit's due? Is there any credit to the the Chips Act, which passed like a month or two ago, about bringing more advanced whatever nanometer level chip production to the United States? Yeah, you- there, there there was a lot that was good in that bill. Yes about bringing chip production back here, um, encouraging it with with incentives, tax mm-hmm. incentives and so forth. Um, but the problem that some saw with that bill and why some Republicans opposed it um, is that there seemed to be loopholes in it that would allow um, chip production, perhaps in other places, let's say of Southeast Asia. Oh. Um, not within China, mainland China, uh, but around its periphery in some of the neighboring countries, let's say, but still under CCP control. But that wasn't banned. That wasn't part of the bill to to stop. And and so that kind of a loophole is is what some objected to because it's expected that that that's what China already is doing and will do more of to evade, you know, such a, a bill becomes law, uh, you know, and sanctions like that. Gotcha. Eh, I'm just trying to find some good in all of this. Can't, I can't be all doom and gloom. I have to, I have to look for some good. Um, yeah. I don't know. Last, and I know we got to wrap this up. You can't really answer this in a question, but because I'm a terrible host, I will anyway. Are the host, we going to have fair elections for the midterms. We're going to have elections. Uh, there will be discrepancies. Uh, there will be irregularities galore in lots of places. 
But on a positive note, so we can end on, a, on, on something of an upbeat, um, an awful lot of places around the country have woken up in the last couple of years. And if you look around, many places from the state level on down to county level um, have passed new legislation, for example, banning uh, the use of mail-in drop boxes mm -hmm. statewide, banned in uh, Wisconsin, isn't it? Um, but know. other things um, in, in places in Arizona, for example, demanding uh, voter ID um, and, and a full court press against, uh, in many places, um, against using, um, you know, Dominion brand, um, what do you call them? Counting machines, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. tabulation, tabulation yeah. Um, equipment and software. Yeah. I mean, it's slow. Uh, we wish this could have happened three years ago instead of now, but it is happening. And as well, all of the different investigations in some of these key swing states like Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, um, Arizona, um, investigations are still going full steam and uncovering what really did happen back in November of 2020. So all of that put together, um, I, I think that, that this election uh, will be better regulated as free and fair, closer to the, um, the ideal of free sure. and fair than, than, than was the case two years ago. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, sometimes you got to get punched in the face to get better. I mean, you know, better late than never. Um, yeah, well. Miss Claire Lopez, I will see you next Thursday. I'll put all of your stuff in the description, your Twitter, okay. your writings, all that wonderful stuff. Excellent. And, uh, I think I was run I think I interrupted you more times today than I have in all of our interviews. Okay. So I, I apologize for that. No get, worries. It's I all good. A, I get excited. I'm a puppy. It's I sometimes okay. I don't know what I'm doing. And I know you know that. Miss Claire Lopez, <laughs> not to worry. Me. Thank you so much. Stay safe, everybody. God bless. Find the positivity and it. it's all gonna work out well. <laughs>